This episode of Fire 2 On Air is sponsored by the International Association of Grocers. If you're looking for high quality building resources, grain or vegetables at any time, spend your food with an official grocer today. Grocer, part of all in goods on this card as shown in the illustration. At any time you can buy the top good for one food. Hello, generic board game fans. As you can tell from the new sponsor, we're branching out here into a little bit of non-Terra Mystica territory. Uh, so the main thrust of why we asked Lumin as a guest, and Lumin is the guest here, um, was to talk to him about TM Tour Division 1 and his play in there. But that's actually going to form part two of a two-parter. Um, and in this first part, we're talking more about his history in games uh, and how he came to play Terra Mystica. Uh, I'm sure most are aware that Lumen is also a very high-level Agricola player. So this episode has a bit more Catan and Agricola chat than Terra Mystica. Um, and for those that don't know, the Grocer is an Agricola card. Don't worry, I didn't know either. I had to get Lumen to write that script out for me. Um, and you'll even hear Lumen make the extremely controversial statement of saying that Agricola is better than Terra Mystica, in his opinion, which is just, you know, crazy, um, potentially highly damaging to the Fire 2 brand. Um, since talking to Lumen, I had, at the time when we spoke, I had zero idea of Agricola, no idea how to play it. Um, it's actually since then come on Board Game Arena on beta, and so I've started playing an async game and... I have a sheep called Gino and a pig I'm calling Bichigoa. Uh, Thandwil has given birth to a baby. It seems fun, but is it better than Terra? I don't know. That's, that, um, that's a bit far. Um, that said, if there are any of Lumen's Agricola or Catan friends or fans listening, hello, welcome. Why not give Terra Mr. Grogo? Uh, so, as I said, this is going to be in two parts. Enjoy this one, which is Lumen's really interesting history in games and his experience of, for example, being the US national champion in Agricola. And next time we'll have a bit more of a focused look at TM Tour, playing TM Tour, what it is, and Lumen's foray into the top division there after he climbed the ranks. Um, I'm being a bit flippant when I say that it's all Catan and... Uh, and Agricola. Um, it's all kind of related to Lumen's Terra play, and we talk about Fire 2 and how it relates to that. Um, so, yeah, there's Catan, there's Agricola, but there's also Terra Mystica, and there's a, an interesting talk, uh, an interesting little conversation about table talk in Terra and in Fire 2 Open. So, it's all good fun. I think everyone will find it interesting. There are a few moments in this one where my microphone annoyingly goes a little bit fuzzy. Um, up until now, my old headset has been really reliable, as, as consistent as a NerdCube Arena season. But here it was just dropping out every so often a little bit. Uh, so apologies for that. I don't think it's too bad, though. Oh, yeah. And before I forget, this conversation is Lumin talking to me, EJ, and Super Charney. So enjoy. Uh, happy, happy 4th of July, Lumen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I got to celebrate by hearing way too many illegal fireworks set off in the three block radius around me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you doing anything particular? Are you like seeing family or anything? Or? Uh, no, I'm not doing anything in particular. I even thought about just like buying a steak from the supermarket and grilling it up for myself, but too lazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair play. Well, you can hang out with us. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for agreeing to do this. So, yeah, I'm not sure. In, in truth, I'm not sure how best to structure this. Basically, the, the thing that I, I really want mainly to, or not, yeah, like the main thing I wanted to talk to you about is 
this playing in Div One TM tour um, uh-huh. because there is there was some interesting discussions that happened about the format and also about the difficulty of playing in that. Uh, yeah, so I was going to warn you. My answer for a question as basic as uh, what is playing in D1 like, uh, my answer is like uh, very similar to how playing in D2 is and how playing in D3 is and how playing in D4 is. That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming. Uh, it was Lumen. It was far too on your podcast. See you guys next time. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good. So that does. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, I'm of the opinion. So I've got. Uh, we've got like a questions thing, and there's quite a lot there. Okay. Well, that's good. Basically, I'm. I'm also interested to talk generally about almost what is TM. Like, give a bit of a what is TM tour thing for the like BGA crowd who don't know, um, and. So, and a bit generally how it works and then like, i also was interested to talk about the metas as well and what do we mm-hmm. think about is the meta stale and should the, like not that there will be auction but the difference between having auctions not having auction uh-huh. so if you're up for talking about that i'm up for it but we can also talk about more general stuff no no i i like talking about the details like if you have details in mind you want to ask about I can definitely expand on a bunch of it. It's just that it's not ultra specific to being in D1. I changed a bunch of how I do things. Mm. That's not how it, it happened. At the same time, we can also, there's also like Agricola stuff um, and like where you've come from in, in that way. Yeah. And my warning, my warning for that is that pretty much all my personal history in gaming is rooted in Agricola stuff. And if it's not rooted in Agricola stuff, it's rooted in Catan stuff. Mm, yeah. So I will probably reference my personal histories rooting back to things if uh, if those topics come up. Which is which I find that really interesting as well because okay, cool. yeah. um, th- this is something that I talked about with Ryan is it's all very new to me. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to that conversation, but yeah, I heard the first half. I'm like, I'm new to all of this, and I like started playing Terra Mystica, and now I'm finding out about Agricola is this thing that you guys played, and I'm aware of, but I don't really know much about it, and it sounds really complicated. But I quite enjoy watching you stream it sometimes because it just is weird, okay. but fun. <laughs> um. Anyway, oh, super! You you have an important question first, though, don't you? Before anything else, um, I before uh, before we've met, I checked your YouTube channel um, mm-hmm. just briefly, uh, and yeah, uh, your very first uh, some of your first v- videos were on Catan, actually. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, there's just I don't know two or three of them. But what caught my what caught my attention was your very first video that you posted on YouTube, um, and the question uh, comes up, can you still recite pi to 101 digits? Uh, I've always been able to do 60-ish. I did like an extra 30 or 40 for that day and forgot about it soon thereafter. But yeah, I can still do around 60. That's, that's impressive. Very impressive. How many can you do, Super? Um, 3.14, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's pretty. Uh, I, f- I found it interesting, and uh, I was actually surprised that your very first video uh, on your YouTube channel, where uh, which YouTube channel is, you know, supposed to you're supposed to share your board game experiences, and the very first video is you just flexing and reciting, you know, hundred digits. Um, <laughs> I, I never expected that, actually. You know. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's funny because it's. Uh... I was hanging out with one of my uh, longtime friends. I've known him since uh, elementary school. Mm. And when we were in the same algebra class, our textbook had the first 100 digits of pi. And we were doing very well in the class and bored about how slow the class was going. So we started competing with each other on how many digits we could memorize. So this was like a middle school kind of joke almost. Yeah. 
And uh, then that video happened uh, after we had both graduated college, but it was, you know, quote unquote, ultimate Pi Day. It was March 14th, 2015. Uh, so, it, you know, the first five digits of Pi. Cool. What? And then, hey, hey. At, and then at the next three digits of pi on the clock, that's when we recorded that video and like ate pizza and really nerdy time. So it was nine twenty six a.m. We we did some nerdy stuff. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, which I think is an interesting thing that has been touched on is what proportion of people who play games like this are mathsy or mathy people and what proportion come from sort of other backgrounds uh i don't know whether we should dive into that at this point but you clearly come from the math kind of background yeah i studied math in college uh minor in statistics and what i found meeting a ton of people in gaming conventions and online and the like is that at, I would say 80% or more are in academia, education, or tech. It's, it's hard to find people who aren't in one of those three. It was talked about when people were, decide, were looking at team games for Terra, and do you, if you had the ultimate team, do you want like a maths graduate, but then also a politics graduate to sort of work out the interpersonal kind of stuff? Um, so yeah, so you took that maths background and then you were playing, sort of getting into board games and getting mostly into, so was it Catan and then Agricola? Yeah, yeah. So my first forays into Euro gaming were with actually the same friend that I did the Pi Day stuff with. He got uh, board games for his birthday or maybe Christmas uh, once a year from a cousin who was into the hobby. So the first game that he got and got played among my high school friends was Carcassonne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that got like good play. It was well received. But then the next year, Catan came in. And that's the one that really got us hooked. This was maybe we were all in 10th grade, I think, when he got Catan. And then that was the game we played for the next three years, basically. Sure. The game that came the year after Catan and never got touched was Agricola. So that was the nugget in the back of my mind. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but we were all still playing Catan. And then when I was in college, I was playing a lot of Catan online. There was a platform called Play Catan, which I was playing a lot on. And I was doing pretty well. I was tracking my statistics in, an, in a giant Excel document. That's one of my first statistical pride and joy. Uh, pieces of work and I was doing a lot of research on like uh, you know where does the advanced Catan world do things and I learned about the Catan world championship and I was like oh my gosh I gotta try to do this I gotta <laughs> become world champion of Catan <laughs> so I learned about board game conventions in this way because there was a board game convention in Los Angeles which was a couple hours away from my college I traveled down, I made the semifinals easily, and burned out in the semifinals. And I kept going to this board game convention, meeting some cool people who are still good board gaming friends of mine today. Um, they helped me network, they helped me, you know, figure out a couple technical issues I was having with my uh, Excel document, uh, and they became great gaming friends. So definitely recommend real-life board game conventions when and if those open up in everyone's vicinity. Mm -hmm. uh, and special shout-out to Strategicon, which is the LA convention that uh, has become my convention home. So it was at these Strategicon events where I kept playing the Catan tournaments and started eventually learning about other Euro games existing. Uh, I kept an eye on who was playing the Agricola events and who was winning them because, you know, that was a game I was aware of. Yeah. And it turned out that the same person was winning the Agricola event every, every convention. And that caught my eye because Catan 
you know, it's a very high variance game, even if you're with people near your skill level, or even if you're way more skilled than them, you can still lose plenty of games of Catan. But it seemed like that magic, or there was a magic thing about Agricola that made that not happen, because the same guy was winning over and over. Mm. And uh, that led me to purchase the Agricola app for my iPad, and I spent many, many hours that summer. This was a couple <laughs> of years after I'd started going to the adventures. Uh, and then I started playing in the Agricola events. I started learning more about the game, and that really spiraled. So on Catan, how did you achieve your goal of world champion? How high up in the Catan events did you get? Ah, uh, yeah. So let's see. I have... I've won two regional tournaments, and winning a regional tournament earns you a free seat at the national championship. Um, and I've qualified for the national championship at the last-minute qualifiers an extra two times. So I've played in the national championships four or five times, mm-hmm. and the last three times it was held, I placed in the top 20 each time oh, out of oh. uh, like 40, 60, or 80. The field sizes are an interesting story in them itself, but uh, probably not worth going into here. I guess in general, more people play Catan, like compared to Terra. If we're yes, absolutely. Terra. Absolutely. Right. Um, so I'm top 20 US in Catan, and they started holding Masters tournaments for people who had, on, like, for only people who had reached the national championship before. And I've actually been top 10 in the 40 or so Masters in those tournaments. And those tournaments are solely expansions of Catan, because otherwise the tournaments are base games. So I feel like I've done pretty well for myself in Catan mm. world. Yeah, that's impressive in like, yeah, what must be a very competitive field for sure. Yeah. And then I guess we should say, as you know, staying on brand, Fire 2 yeah. on air. Have you checked out any of the Catan stuff on there? And if you say no, we'll have to cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched some of the Catan coverage. Uh, I was actually asked if I wanted to cast one of the Catan games, but uh, I'm not up to date with the developments that have happened online during the pandemic. Um, I actually, well, if anyone working at Catan Studio hears this, I apologize in advance for saying that I will never support anything that happens on Catan Universe, the official Catan platform. I think it's terrible. I think they've done a horrible job with it in the history uh, of the app. And even if it's better now, I will not support or ever play any competition of Catan on Catan Universe. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that that sounds like a that sounds like a dramatic thing to say although i'm not fully aware is that the one that is made by the official publishers i'm just googling it now yes okay and it's also the ostensible reason that play Catan was shut down which is the platform i had been playing on oh uh, a bit of like a rights uh yeah a bit uh, and it was in a way it was the snellman version of Catan. it was you know very not very uh, limited in graphics and UI, but it was more basic. And Catan Universe was made to be, you know, flashy and friendly graphically and look good. And I think all the bugs that occurred during games and... Yeah, there's actually a nice YouTube video by Delighted on why Catan Universe sucks. So, yeah, how much... Catan YouTube stuff have you done like a, a reasonable bit in the early days? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've watched a fair bit in the early days of my own play, but for the most part, I learned way more by playing with my original group of high school friends, and that group is very strong, and then playing the people I met at conventions. Mm. Uh, because to me, Catan comes in two, like, there's two sides to being great at Catan. Number one, you have to understand the math behind it and the statistics and how to navigate that best to, you know, build your economy and snowball it and score 10 points fast. So you have to understand the math side. 
But once you understand the math side, there's also this really crazy part of it, which is political. Because there's the the robber in Catan, there's that inbuilt mechanism for slowing down the leader. So mm-hmm. you can't actually be the leader too early. Because people will get in your way. And they will keep getting in your way longer than you deserve to be. Because while you've been blocked, someone else has been taking the lead silently and has the better position. But it's so hard to tell because you've made an obvious, you know, mathematically sound opening, if you will. Like, the block is going to keep being on you. So that path is actually unavailable at the highest levels of Catan play. So you have to understand how the politics of Catan change the math of Catan. And it took me a long time to learn exactly how to adapt to that. Yeah. So in comparison, so again, comparing to Terra, that's where there's more table talk in Catan, right? And is yes. that is that true in all tournaments? Is like is table talk always allowed, or is that table talk is always allowed? It's it's a big part of the game. Uh, Catan without politics is uh, a different game. Uh, I think a lot of online Catan is actually pretty close to that, where for the most part, uh, nobody gets in each other's way. Uh, but to make a Terra Mystica comparison, um, imagine if twice around everyone had a free spade that could only be used to transform colors not related to your color. Yeah, that's like the, ro- the equivalent of the robber. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of the the mathematical twist that the robber in Catan presents compared, like, when you want to figure out a path to have the best economy. So this is interesting. What do you think about the state of table talk or the equivalent of thereof on Board Game Arena in Terra? Do you think there should be more, oh, don't dig my hex, dig his hex he's leading? Or what, what do you think about that? Uh, so I will say for me, if I wanted to play a game with table talk, I would play Catan. Okay, uh, so that's where you do your politics and your, your fun in that sense, and terror is just... Right, and spoiler alert, I don't play Catan. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anymore. So I would say that uh, I'm very good at the table talk. If I've had a couple instances, but only like two or three in the last year, where someone in my Terra game starts table talking, and I'm like, please don't. <laughs> And if they continue or insist that it's fine, I then promptly do a better job of table talking and hope they regret it later. <laughs> you crack out the Catan skills. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a skill I've definitely developed. And the key is really just finding any justification on why someone else is doing better than you are. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it, yeah, you're playing down your own um, position. Yeah. All right. I feel like we've gotten on a big chin- tangent here. We have, uh, but I like it. Super. What are you a Catan boy? Do you like Catan? Have you played it much? I played a couple of times years ago, and I always found the, um, you know, at that time, pretty random. And that's why I never really got into it, you know, because it all, um, in my head, um, personally, it all revolved around, you know, rolling the dice and getting resources and there is this guy that's just you know it's uh, gathering all the resources that everybody needs and he doesn't trade and i never found you know fun enough to to play and start doing it but coming back to the uh, table talk i'm i just remind uh, just reminded me of uh, i think it was on rainier's stream um he was streaming the uh first day teammate stream with weber um, and I actually played in that game. And uh, I was doing pretty horribly, actually. Uh, I was playing Nomads. It was uh, round six town event. And I really wanted to go for four towns. And that was my initial plan from, from the very beginning. And this guy who was playing Darklings, uh, he just started moving towards my hexes. And I just typed in, guy, Please don't don't take my hex. I want to finish my four four towns, you know. And <laughs> we were discussing, we were negotiating, 
uh, and Rainier actually, oh, super scary, you know, negotiating about his fourth town, you know. And I was <laughs> like, man, don't do it, don't do it. It's it's live stream, you know. You, you're gonna you're gonna be, you're gonna be a hero. Everybody will love you, you know. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, you know. And yeah, eventually he decided to dig another hex, <laughs> and I was, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I I don't remember your name, but thank you very much again. So yeah. <laughs> well, that seems like a more casual. Yeah, you know, it was. Setting, it was so. I would I wouldn't mind him getting that hex. Uh, I'm not even sure if that was um, he was playing for fourth anyway, um, for third actually. But even if he destroyed my town, I think he scored fourth anyway. So that wouldn't be that big of a deal. But yeah, it it actually worked and. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably somewhere on YouTube or Twitch or wherever. Right. So one thing I do think is really good about Fire 2 tournaments is that they've outlined specifically that table talk is okay. So I think if I were to rejoin as a competitor uh, Fire 2 tournaments, I would be upping my table talk and trying to squeeze in a couple more sentences here and there during the game. Uh, but to have a well-defined rule about it, I think, is very important for Terra. Uh, because, in general, I would suggest that the the etiquette is to not table talk. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I get the impression that was the etiquette. And so, yeah, because I remember there was a bit of discussion about this in the qualifier chat on the Discord, I think, and some people were very much in favor that you should be able to talk as much and it was something that i wasn't familiar with i'd never experienced uh -huh. that really in terror and then and i i can't remember what the outcome was so is that is that right you're saying the outcome is anything is allowed in fire 2 technically is that where we are with it yeah i think if if we look at the fire 2 rules i think the rule since it was posted is always that table talk is fine hmm that's interesting. Uh, chat rules. Player will be allowed to chat at the table if possible. Unlimited table talk is allowed with two exceptions. Number one, no explicit collusion. So no detailing moves, sequences ahead of time between players. And then explicit move suggests are not allowed. So, for example, don't double dig that hex there. I'd actually play um, not necessarily an open discussion game like you guys did on your streams, but you know, this um, a game with more table talk and negotiating about hexes, uh, this kind of stuff. For Terra Mystic, I'm not sure if that would work, but it might be fun. I think it gives even more benefits to the most highly rated player if they know how to use their position. Because it's hard, uh, as we've all found in the Terra community, to all be on the same game plan. Even for, you know, the team tournament, there was, there were many times when we had to choose a game plan among, like, three, three choices, you know, which door do we want to go through yeah. for the rest of this game or round. And if table talk is encouraged, I feel like every game will move towards the vision of the highest rated player because they're the highest rated, they should be trusted. That's probably the best for everyone. Mm. So I feel like they would be able to swing that rating advantage into an actual tangible game advantage if they knew how to table talk correctly. And then the other way around. So the other the three other players, you know, they team up and yeah, let's crush this guy, you know, take his hexes, uh, this kind of stuff. I mean, that could happen, but I think generally. No, actually, you know, you're right. That could definitely happen. It, I guess it really depends on table talk skills. Yeah, I think it could go either way. And I do think it would make a big shift or add a key skill for those games. But yeah, but uh, we can see people uh, playing a bit uh, more and more 2v2 uh, format that I'm still eager to try, where, you know, two players are playing two factions and the outcome is that you sum up the victory points that both players gain during the game, you know, and you compare it with the other team. So that one, there is, um, I think it was Claybo and Terra Steel that been playing that a lot. And for example, they played with Darklings Engineers, where Darklings were just digging hexes for engineers, you know, this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. 
And uh, as I was thinking about it, there's a lot of synergy about it, right? Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I haven't actually looked into that kind of format before. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do think it's it certainly could be quite a good one. And yeah, I'm eager to try it as well. We've yeah, we've mentioned it a few times here. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna mention it a few times more actually. Eventually, someone will play with you super if you if you keep saying it in public. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and on the table talk, I think I did notice that Lubin on the on the group selection which you hosted for the Fire Two uh, tournament, which you did a great job hosting, Thank especially you. given yeah. the technical difficulties. That's right. Thank you. But we were saying. Did you point it out earlier, Super, that you got some very good kind of subtle, little subtle jabs in, I think, to people? Um, and some just, <laughs> some just really, you know, like I think Nerdcube made a bit of an outlandish claim about Ranyu, and you, you rightly called him out on it. You were just like, do you honestly think that, Eric? I don't think you're, I don't think you truly believe that. And you, you just held court in the perfect way, I think. I think, yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, that could definitely be related. <laughs> You've just got that way of just subtly knowing how to push people's buttons. Yeah, and I think I can tell my BS meter is pretty good, generally. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the clear thing, was you, you could clearly tell when there was BS, and you, you, were, you were quite happy to be like, no, you're, you're talking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's good fun. No, it was it was a lot more fun than I expected. It was smoother than I expected. Once I had just like half a note card of three notes per person, it was very easy on my end, actually. Hmm. Fair play. Yeah, it's it's it seems like quite a difficult thing to do. So yeah, I think you definitely did a very impressive job with it. Thank you. I do take pride in my uh, evolving presence on board game related cameras. I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah, which system? Yeah, because I mentioned to Ryan as well that my first when I was learning to play Terra, it was your all player streams that, I, or not the streams at that point. I was watching the YouTube vods um, cool, cool. during the day, and that was how that was how I was starting to learn, along with Goldbug YouTube videos. Uh -huh. It was that and your all player thing, and I was getting to know you and Ryan and Mike and Andrew, and uh, yeah, I've got fond memories of sitting and watching those while I was off work last year. Oh, that's great. Same for me, actually. I was just, you know, preparing meal and what do I want to watch? And I was just, you know, opening Woman's YouTube channel and checking out those old commentary, <laughs> old commentary videos, along with Zerus, obviously, uh, for yeah. me, actually. No, that's exactly what I want to hear, uh, because I know that all this video stuff is never going to make me any real money. Like, I get trips of Twitch payments here and there, but I've never gotten a YouTube payment. This is all for the benefit of the community. And if I can, if I can spend two or three hours on a Sunday playing a game with friends and create 500 hours of content for the board game community, I think that's a great payoff for me. Yeah, I'd say so. I think people certainly do take value from it. And I imagine it's not always obvious that they are um but yeah the the likes do matter uh and in, in terms of small motivations like if i go back and look at my videos and i see a lot of likes on one video and like two likes on another well then i'm gonna be more motivated to make stuff like the thing that got 10 likes you know yeah oh uh, and <laughs> This is a bit of a joke because there's a there's something of a joke that you and Ryan are very similar. But in the epi the second part of the the Ryan episode, which is going to be released, we talked about this, <laughs> and we talked about how you don't always get feedback of whether people are watching and whether people are enjoying it. Yeah, and it's really good if people are watching things that you guys have made to just leave a nice comment and say I'm watching all these and enjoying it or, or whatever or like it. It helps so much with like motivation and confirmation that we're doing a good thing for the community. Like it's we we're kind of like making an educated guess that yes, it's nice and good. 
when we keep getting views and we don't have any dislikes. But, you know, the confirmation is really helpful. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. And putting stuff like this out, you you sort of throw it out and then you're like, yeah, it's hard to tell if people are enjoying it and liking it. Uh, Yeah, this is funny. This is exactly what me and Ryan were saying. I hope people don't mind hearing it twice. (laughs) But yeah, like Lumen's videos, everyone. Yeah, could you give me a moment? I'm just liking every single video of Luminous YouTube. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't have to do that. I don't, but I'm doing it. Feed the algorithm, super. Feed the algorithm. Thank you. <laughs> right. So we are diverging a lot here, but let's. So shall we move on from Catan? And then you you started looking at Agricola. So what's the story there? And... Oh my gosh, it's a long, ever-continuing story. Um, I started playing Agricola, I started playing at the conventions, I met the guy who was winning every convention, and I started talking to him about strategy. He's one of my good gaming friends to this day. Uh, shout out DZ. And uh, DZ is actually a mutual friend of Matt the Lesser. Like, it's kind of crazy how I've actually never met Matt the Lesser or exchanged more than a couple sentences with him online because we have this common mutual friend in person. Uh, But this mutual friend had been playing a lot of Agricola with Matt the Lesser and a couple other people. And uh, I kind of got into that group after Matt the Lesser moved uh, and started playing a lot more Agricola online. And I kept playing in some competitions uh, to make an extremely long story short, uh, I'm the reigning national champion because I won in 2017 and they haven't had a national championship since. Oh. Uh, yeah, so that's a fun fact. And I've placed second in play Agricola tournaments of like 50 to 70 people for playtesting the revised edition. So. I've I've done even better in Agricola tournaments compared to Catan tournaments. So yeah, so would you say that Agricola is like the peak? Have have you sort of reached a higher level of that than in Terra? Would you say is that fair to say? Or oh yeah, I mean Agricola is my number one game. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, I feel like I've done quite a good job, almost mastering Terra Mystica, uh, but I still think. I've definitely spent more time playing Agricola, and I don't think my mindset has changed very much. I still think I'm trying to learn and get better. And I do think I'm making very incremental progress, or minuscule incremental progress, but it's still there. Sure. And it, yeah, because you still, you still stream a lot of Agricola, right? And you still play a lot of Agricola, so you, you're right. still like at that level and, and aiming to stay at that level into the future, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Is that how you were introduced into Terror, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, the the first strong recommendations I got to try Terra Mystica were from none other than Halai, uh, because I met him at the Agricola World Championship. And he and a couple other players there were recommending Terra Mystica as a good game to learn next. Uh, I've always been a depth before Brett gamer so i've always wanted to master specific games before starting to learn more games mm, that's yeah probably very different than most people in the hobby right um it's it's an it's an interesting point because yeah the, again but i guess people in the in the terra mystica world are uh or at least as deep in the terra mystica world as we are are more towards this depth before breadth approach uh compared to most people in the hobby uh, it's really nice to to have this kind of group of people who who share this passion for a specific game because if you just go to your regional conventions, that's something you might not find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I my opinion of it is that I kind of view Terra now as a different thing to other board games, where I think I am more of a breadth. Okay, even though I've not been playing board games for very long, I think I'm more of a breadth person in that I want to try loads of different things. But now Terra is this thing that I'm doing differently where I'm making a podcast about it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about the possibility that people would be both. 
Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I almost, I just kind of, view, yeah, like I said, I view it as a as a different thing. It's almost like a sport now to me, rather than what I think of <laughs> as a board. Like a board game to me is you're like learning the rules and it's all new and yeah. Okay. Anyway, actually the same for me. I'm playing other board games when I'm bored. And I'm playing ter- Terra when I want to play Terra, you know, when I've got time to sit down for an hour and try to do my best. It's almost the same as Spore, right? right? As, uh, yeah, just as yeah. you said right here. Mm. But you, so you, Lumen, are, like you said, you're, you, you're, you're deep in Agricola and then it's, it's kind of a big, is the right word, a switching cost? But it's like a big thing to try and move on to something else and because and, you know you're going to have to go in deep. Yeah, the only setting I have to make a comparison to your settings are, is to treat a board game as a sport. I don't really have that uh, interest in learning a game and its rules, playing through it once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's partially because I have found games very rewarding when they're played among strong players only. Yep. So that's something I exclusively seek out is games that perform well when everyone knows what they're doing and games that have a lot to learn in order to get to that place of performing well. Uh, and I do think even that Agricola is better suited to that than even Terra Mystica. Um, so something that will be revealed along the course of this podcast is that I still love Agricola the most and Terra Mystica is up there, but... I still think Agricola is better. Very controversial, extremely controversial statement. But <laughs> to um, make on a terrorist podcast, sure, yeah. <laughs> you're going to cost us thousands of listeners with statements like that. No, I'm just trying to draw all the viewers to my channel, right? <laughs> you're really smart. Cool. This is also I can become the, the board game mogul on YouTube. Agricola. I get the impression, though, yeah, you do have to go in deeper because you've got the baker and the baker's daughter's cousin and the, yeah. the, the building that <laughs> they live in. And like, I don't know anything about it, but, yeah, you're, like, building an oven for pizzas and all this mad stuff. That's, there's, like, hundreds of cards, right? Yes. So the base set that is currently in alpha for Board Game Arena is actually a slimmed-down revised edition of 96 cards in a base set. Oh, slim down. <laughs> that set's actually very friendly for people who want to play about ten times a year, um, and there are expansions to it which expand. Uh, what is it now? It's with all expansions, it's like six hundred eighty cards or something like that. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, I know all of those cards in the revised edition, and I know the thousand or whatever cards that I typically play with for the original edition. So there's. There's a lot of depth to learn. And it's not that you have to learn every card or even more than like a third of them. It's more like you have to get the feeling based on the cards, what they allow you to do extra and what point in the game that really is helpful. Yeah, you have to know them. Yeah, okay. But with with a few key ideas, it's pretty easy to analyze most of the cards. There will be a couple surprises here and there, but for the most part, it's. I would not treat it as an exercise in memorizing every card. I would treat it as an exercise in learning the like three to five key ideas about how cards help and then trying to apply it every time. Okay. I, yeah, without playing it, I kind of find that hard to conceptualize. Yeah, that's hmm. fair. Basically, cards that help you get wood, cards that help you get food, and cards that give you a lot of points at the end of the game uh, for things you were already planning to do. Those are the okay. things you look for. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I am, once, it's on, once it's on BGA, I'm going to try it, of course, and I'm sure everyone will. So, yeah, it'd right. be yeah. interesting to... Yeah, and I plan on putting out some some actual videos for Board Game Arena Agricola once that is more polished. Uh, there's actually been yeah. some people in the Agricola community streaming the alpha version of Agricola on Board Game Arena, uh, but I have, I'm going to hold out until it reaches beta or something more polished, like the end result of alpha, uh, because I don't want to showcase a version which might be buggy, 
um, because I've actually been able to talk with the developers on a somewhat regular basis, and they've been putting in a lot of really good, strong work, and I want to really showcase the best of it. Mm -hmm. Do you anticipate, I guess, yeah, here's how we can relate it to the BGA crowd is, do you anticipate BGA becoming the de facto Agricola place now, or is, there, is it still yeah. going to be, um, you, do, you would say so? I would absolutely expect it to be, uh, because I play right now for the most part on playagricola.com, but that site hosts between three and ten games a day these days. Oh, uh, okay, uh, right, it's not huge. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, how many games of Terra Mystica are played every day on Board Game Arena? Like, I don't want to try to count that, right? And uh, I feel like Agricola would have a similarly wide audience. Well, I guess that's the judge of whether it's a better game. Which one gets more plays once it's on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but then the stats side of me says we have to compare uh, point in time versus point in time, which is not possible because of board game arena growth and Terra Mystica is already very well developed by the developer with all these extra bells and whistles and Agricola hasn't had that time yet. So we'll never know. Terra has Bizzle. That's all Terra needs is Bizzle making amazing tournaments. Oh, don't worry. He'll migrate to Agricola also. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm sure he's... I actually have no idea if he is or not. I would expect he actually won't, but I'll try to convince him. Well, Ryan said he was, um, he was yeah, what's the word? Petitioning him to... Oh, okay. That'd be great. So yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so... We might actually finally get into Terra Mystica content here. So, yeah, so you were talking to Halai. Halai suggested you play Terra Mystica. Um, yeah. And... Uh, so then the next year, I was playing some Agricola with local people, as I do. And I went with a couple of my friends, who include Tapyrus, who's now... Uh, Challenging for spots in Fire 2. He was, I think, second place in a qualifier, the last qualifier round or something. Very close mm -hmm. to making it in. Um, so he and a mutual gaming friend of ours went down to a game shop and taught me how to play Terra Mystica. Uh, that was maybe 2017 uh, winter. So maybe it was right after the World Championships. Maybe my timeline's just weird. Maybe it was early 2018. Anyway, I get my first real-life game of Terra Mystica in. It goes terribly. I remember uh, this moment where it's like round three, and I'm asking my friends, why shouldn't I take water three right now? It makes so much sense. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, like, there's only one of them. Why don't you take yeah. it first? It gives you the most steps. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. going through that at the start. Yeah, like, so, you know, it was a rough start for me. Uh, so I did that. I picked up the Steam app, not Steam app, the iPad app. Mm. Started playing that. I was noticing Terra Mystica on a list of board game events that I was planning to travel to. So I was planning on playing at the WBC, and I was planning on playing at the MSO that year, and I noticed Terra Mystica was on both of those. So I thought this was a good game to start learning. So I don't remember exactly uh, the order of things, but I ended up skipping Terra Mystica at WBC that year, I want to say, and then I played it at MSO. Unbeknownst to me... So, yeah, so this is in 2018 we're talking. This is 2018, yeah. 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 Which is the year that Ranuel won WBC. WBC, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at MSO, which happened maybe before, maybe after, that summer is a blur to me. Because I was traveling everywhere and playing so many games. Uh, but at that MSO, my first game of competitive Terra Mystica ever... I'm seated to the right of T.T. Uh, Chong, who is Snellman's number one player. I had no idea what that meant. Uh, <laughs> everyone said he was good. He was winning MSO every year for Terra Mystica. Um, 
and I'm seated right next to him, and we're playing an auction Terra Mystica game. So that's my first ever competitive Terra Mystica game, is literally right next to T.T. Chong. That's cool. So this is, and this is in London, so you've traveled to London to play? Yeah. Uh, my personal story from that year is that I left my cushy tech job, and I spent the summer traveling to as many game conventions as I could. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, very nice. So very nice. Uh, that MSO was actually really wonderful in terms of who I got to meet. Uh, my first Catan game in that tournament, uh, I actually literally played against Demis Hassabis, who's the CEO of DeepMind. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my first game at MSO that year was uh, I beat Demis at Catan. <laughs> That's cool. super fun. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, my first Terra Mystica game is against T.T. Uh, Chong. And there are rumors that I'm good at Agricola, but Agricola is the last event on MSO's schedule. So I'm playing all of these games at MSO, meeting the great players there, playing these games that I'm good at, but not amazing at. And uh, then on the final day, it's Agricola Day, and I finally get to prove to everyone that, yes, in fact, I know what I'm doing. And what was the result? Oh, I, I completely slaughtered everyone. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the final table of... I think that's the most notably brutal result of any final table of Agricola I've ever played in. Hang on, um, no, so I'm, you sent me the link earlier, just loading up the Agricola. Oh yeah, that'll show you the results. So you uh, scored... Uh, so I, I've got no idea like what this means, but you scored 21, second place was 16, and third was 15, 14, 13, 13. Right, so seven points was for a win in a game. Oh, and you played three games? Right. The, the tournament was only three games long. Uh, but so you won this, every game. Okay. Yeah, let me, let me share with you the final scores of a table that had like previous UK champions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I scored 55, second place scored 34, third place scored 33, and fourth place scored 29. So, as, so is this, as it is American Independence Day, celebrating how great America is after it separated from the terrible British Empire? <laughs> is this the, the American, is there, was there like a different level between the American scene and the the English British scene and then you've sort of come over and made the trip and are like operating on a different level or I wouldn't say it's the American scene that was better. It's more that the online active online play Agricola scene was better and I was a member of that. Whereas the others hadn't really played much online and hadn't had exposure to really high level Agricola play before. And I was more representing that level of Agricola play. Sure, sure. And so quickly, I found this an interesting question with Ranyor. He, he thinks he operates on a similar level when he's playing in person versus online. Do you think the same? And is that such of a deal in Agricola or does it operate kind of similarly whether you're playing online or in person? That's a good question. I, I'm very experienced in both, so it's hard for me to, off the top of my head, say what the differences might be. Uh, I feel like they are slightly different skill sets in Agricola because the best online implementations allow you to see everything in your hand along with every player's board mm -hmm. and exactly what's on those boards. So live play, you have to force yourself to constantly be looking at everyone and trying to analyze them by looking at their boards from like across the table versus looking at their boards from you know on the screen and having that information separate from the face down cards in front of you and it's a different way to parse the same information that's needed in agricola i would say mm -hmm. whereas terra mystica i mean in a live Terra Mystica game, people have a pile of workers and a pile of coins. Nobody actually knows exactly how much stuff everyone else has. Um, you can like for ask people to count, but in my limited experience of live Terra Mystica play, nobody actually asks to count stuff. So it's, it's 
It is a different skill set for Agricola, but maybe not as much as it is for Terra Mystica. There's also less bookkeeping in Agricola, I would argue, because you don't have to tally scores until the end, whereas in a live Terra Mystica game, you have to account for points every turn. Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember playing Terra Mystica with my friends, and there was always this talk. If I Did I actually miss that one round when I was supposed to score and we just didn't move our pieces? And is it because of that we lost? Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. Terra problems. Yeah, I feel like games with scoring mechanisms like Terra Mystica are so much better suited for uh, digital play in that sense. Yeah, I agree. And moving those power tokens, I remember that was a huge pain in the butt. From, from one ball to the other. That must be so confusing if you're trying to learn the rules. Yeah, even if you just like fat finger a power token, like the whole game can change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That- Having never done it, that seems like utter madness that you have to like do that yourself. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so there we go. You, yeah, so you played at the MSO. And at, so now we're starting to get to kind of the TM tour side of things, I guess. So you're then looking at online Terra Mystica. Right, slowly. Uh, so T.T. Chong mentioned to me that, you know, he's like the best player online. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Let me go look it up. And, you know, there he is at number one on Snellman. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Uh, but I think it's probably there where I started to learn about Snellman and signed up for a game or two, a friendly game, uh, before signing up for the TM tour. And I think before playing in TM tour, I got to meet Ryan in person. Uh, because we were both at that same WBC in 2018, but I'm not actually sure we met each other. Okay. Uh, it was at an Agricola event uh, called Farmageddon, where I got to meet Ryan. And uh, by either coincidence or smart job by the host, uh, he made me and Ryan roommates for that Farmageddon event. Uh, and... I got to teach him what high-level Agricola looked like, and I had many conversations pestering Ryan about what high-level Terra Mystica looked like. Uh, okay, so you sort of introduced each other in a little... Insult. Yeah. Yeah, it was really that week that uh, I really learned more about Terra Mystica, and I think he really learned a lot more about Agricola, too, there. Ah, uh, that's... Yeah, that's a nice symmetry to that okay yeah because i remember asking ryan questions like nomads seem good but i never score points with them what's up (laughs) (laughs) and he was also at that event he explained what a dwelling rush with witches is and why that's good and why darklings need to build their sanctuary and take fire one often ideas (laughs) like that which were really foundational to me becoming good at terra mystica I think that's when I signed up for TM tours to start getting a, because I probably was encouraged by Ryan to do it there. Nice. You know, we can look up exactly when I started playing and stuff like that, but I don't want to do that right now. Um, I I actually have your your history up. So you joined in season twenty eight, but I. Uh... What month of the year is that? Is what I'm curious about. So right now we're. Oh, this is actually not that bad, because season 42 ended at the end of May, right? And yes. it's seven, eight, is it six a year? Six a year, yeah, one every two months. So yeah. we can, thir- so season 30 ended at the end of May, and season 29 ended at the end of March, and season 28 ended at the end of January, and season 27 ended at the end of November. Would that be right? So which one did you say I started in? 28. 28. Okay, so I might have signed up for TM Tour just before meeting Ryan. Oh, nice. Uh, Okay, so you're playing TM Tour before playing, like, Board Game Arena or anything like that. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I was a Snellman player before a Board Game Arena, a Terra Mystica player. (laughs) 
Ah, I've just listened to that back and it cuts off quite abruptly, doesn't it? Um, anyway, he had to sort of chop the conversation in half somewhere. So that's the point where we're just about to start talking about <coughs> Lumen playing in TM Tour. So uh, part two of the conversation with Lumen. We'll be back soon with, uh, like I said, a more focused conversation about TM Tour and playing in Div 1 of TM Tour Tournament on Snellman. So, see you then.